Welcome to the TES Further Education Podcast. This week I'll be learning about the National Citizen Service. I'll be hearing from David Blunkett MP how we can engage young people with politics. I'll be finding out how Bite the Ballot is doing just that. Welcome to the TES FE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. In this week's podcast, I'll be learning about the great work that's happening to encourage more young people to make a positive change in their own communities and how this social action leads to engagement with the traditional political landscape. It's less than a year until the next general election. For many of our students in FE, it'll be the first opportunity they have to vote. But do they have enough understanding of the differences between the political parties in order to make the vote count? More worryingly, do young people think that the vote actually does count? I spent a day in the House of Commons to find out. My first guest is Member of Parliament for Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough, the Right Honourable David Blunkett MP. After serving on the Shadow Cabinet, he became Education and Employment Secretary in 1997, Home Secretary in 2001 and Work and Pension Secretary in 2005. Among his many roles since leaving Parliament, David Blunkett founded the Future for Youth Foundation, a charity which creates meaningful supported volunteering and social action placements for young people out of work, education or training. David sits on the board of the National Citizen Service Trust and is a trustee of Youth United Foundation. How can we get younger people more involved with their own communities and with social issues? I think first of all they've got to believe that if they do get engaged something's going to happen. There's going to be a positive outcome and I think that's why it's so important to enthuse young people with the idea that it doesn't matter how small a project it is whether at school or at college or in their own neighbourhood, they can actually turn things around. My big example is Make Poverty History. It's a long time ago now, it's nine years ago, but the campaign, not just in this country but across the world, actually did have a phenomenal impact on formal politics. It, it ensured that when the G8 countries, the largest countries in the world, met at Glen Eagles in Scotland in July 2005, they actually were being both encouraged and pushed on the one hand and enabled by the tide of opinion on the other to, to make commitments on both Africa and debt relief and on climate change. That's a big thing. Now, lots of little things in the community where somebody can see that there's something desperately wrong that needs turning around. It could be in the environment, could be about childcare, could be about care of elderly people. And, and they get involved both campaigning but also doing something about it practically. How do we move enthusiasm for social action into engagement with, with traditional politics? All the evidence is that if people believe they can make a difference in whatever way and they get interested and involved, they start to decide that they might as well vote and they might as well see how they can connect with the formal political arena. I mean, we've seen across the world people on the streets of Kiev in the Ukraine, we've seen what's happened in Egypt, where it's broken down is where the enthusiasm and commitment of people to improvement and change has not connected up with the mainstream political 
power sources. And so we've got to persuade people, yes, it's really right to get involved in whatever way, but if you want to change the world fundamentally, you do, I'm afraid, have to get your hands dirty and you have to get involved with the messy business of politics, not to become... Uh, cynical, not to become a stereotype of politicians now or in the past, but in your own way. And I'm quite keen to encourage youngsters not to replicate what we are, but to create what they'd like to be. Um, How do you think we could better harness social media as a tool for dialogue with younger people about about social and political issues? Well, I'm not the best person to talk about this because I, I mean I am engaged in every way possible with communicating and I always thought over my almost 45 years in formal mm. politics that I'm not a bad communicator but I'm not very good on the social media but I do recognise that it's here to stay and that we should do so in a way that doesn't trivialise the problem with Twitter is that it can, it can communicate a link it can draw people's attention to something, it can if you like, it can it can touch people in a way that other other forms of more formal communication can't. But it doesn't really give you enough 140 characters the chance to make a case. So what it can do is flag up. It can point you to other things, and I think we've got to use it in that way. And then use the the, the blogs and the podcasts and all the rest of it to actually get across a more serious message. And we probably do that even with very modest efforts in a way that touches people completely differently to the past where you might have got 30, 40, 50 people at a meeting. These days you, you might get uh, hundreds at a meeting if you're talking about a book or you're talking about a particular project. The other day I was at Bristol University um, organised by the politics department and we had 700 people there. So there is a hunger, there's an enthusiasm for knowledge and for being involved. We've just got to harness it. Do you think the sheer number of companies, products, charities, social issues that are vying for the attention of younger people pushes traditional politics further down the, further down the agenda, further down the list? Well, I remember all the way back to the late 60s and early 70s when I was at university and we were debating these same issues. Does pressure group, interest, poli- uh, interest group activity push formal politics out? So we, we've long debated this. I think harnessed properly... It will enthuse and energise and allow formal politics to be reinvigorated. I think that the two should go hand in hand. I have no problem at all with a whole plurality, a whole plethora of of activity going on. I think that's a good thing. I think in the end, however, people have to recognise that somebody makes the final decisions about the allocation of cash, of resources. Somebody makes the decision about priorities. And in the end, I'm afraid it has to be those of us who have got our hands dirty with formal politics. Bite the Ballot is an organisation which inspires young people, especially those furthest away from politics, to get engaged and make informed decisions about their vote. Here's Michael Sarney, who's Managing Director of Bite the Ballot, to explain more. Bite the Ballot is essentially an organisation designed to empower young voters. It's about looking at the frustrations that many go through when they start to think about politics you know don't understand don't know how to vote so I'm not going to and and just taking all of those and breaking them down and thinking well where are the opportunities to make that a positive how can you run an event to inspire someone to just look differently um, to what they might perceive politics to be and, and be positive about their engagement 
how did you become interested in politics? I was teaching at a school in Dartford in Kent and um, it was three weeks before the general election and my boss, who was the head of the business studies department and I was his number two, it was only two of us, um, he, he asked me if I was going to vote and I said no, I said politics doesn't affect me, uh, which I am a little bit embarrassed about now obviously because the work I do, but um, no, that's what makes it real I guess. Um, and he, he engaged it, me really just by making it personal making me understand well actually you drive so road tax car tax you you go out so um duties on on your nightclub whether it can have a late license whether it can have a dance floor all of these things so suddenly i just felt so like wow wow why you know and then i began to ask myself why i didn't know this from the outset um and to cut a very long story short just felt really impassioned to try and ensure that that people of a school age don't have to wait until they're 27 to be engaged like me Speaking of schoolage, should citizenship continue to 18 into FE colleges, similar to how English and maths does? Yes, I should think so. I, I think, you know, why not? If it's engaging and fun, then I think you'd, you'd have people wanting to carry on. I think we're missing a trick with citizenship. And even though that we're changing the curriculum and... Um, and there's going to be, you know, there's going to be more access to finding out about the channels of communication and Parliament and the and the bodies. We don't teach people about registering to vote. We we're not ensuring a sense of social action to take a stake in society and to understand that you can have a role in all of these all of these things. You know, I think we could really install an ethos, and and I think people would celebrate and continue that ethos right up until further education college. Also, with a view to look back and see if they can then inspire their peers that are younger. You talked about stealth education and how you can influence your family and friends. Could you just explain a bit more about that? It's a really interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, I, I use the example back at the home school where, where, we, where Bite the Ballot was born. Um, we, we did an, an election to teach people how to vote. And, and set on, on polling day, um, a classroom was set up exactly how you'd find a polling station, just to wash away that fear that many would say, I don't know how to vote, I'm not going to participate. And it was brilliant because a few days later, a young man in year nine, 14 years old, come up to me and said, oh, I've told my mum if she doesn't register to vote and turn out, then she's got to stop complaining. Um, and I just found that absolutely fantastic. And I think that, that I think most parents would welcome that as well because... So many people have missed out on, on an initial understanding of politics. And if you are a parent that, that, that fears the unknown and, and, and don't want to talk about it at risk of sounding stupid, what better than, than your son or daughter to come home from school and say, oh, we learned about this today. What do you think about this? Because really, it's just about celebrating differences in opinion and how to communicate, respecting, others right, uh, respecting one another's rights to be different. So I really welcome the idea of young people coming home and, and, and sort of inspiring their families to get involved as well. Especially if you're a teacher, I'd urge you to have a look at Bite the Ballot website. There's some fab videos and session resources which I've used with my own students to get them talking. Supporting young people to take action to make a positive change in their own communities can demonstrate their own influence to them. The National Citizen Service is an organisation that does just that. Here, Ralph Tong, manager of the National Citizen Service in Nottingham, Leicester and Derby, tells me how. Can you explain to us what the National Citizen Service is? 
Well, it's a government programme for young people to help with the transition from young person to adulthood. It's been going for two or three years uh, and it's, it's proven itself already. Uh, it's got great impact in helping young people make the move from school to the next stage in life, whether it be a job, whether it be college, whether it be behaving as an adult, getting involved in voting and being responsible in the community. Uh, and it was devised by a guy called Paul Aginsky in consultation with uh, David Cameron and other politicians and it's supported across party and it's one of those things that the idea was amazing but the proof of the pudding is just as fantastic there's been thousands of young people now go through the program and it really has changed lives in an amazing way how old are the people young people who who get involved in it they're predominantly 16 to 17 uh, there are sometimes people slightly older but the usual is 16 to 17 it's primarily aimed at young people who've just done GCSEs and have got a longer summer than normal uh, and it's a four-week program to undertake in that, sub- that big summer holiday and what happens on the program well it's split into two chunks the first chunk is residential and the second chunk is based at home so the residential chunk is two weeks the first week is out in the great outdoors enjoying team challenge activities sort of traditional outward bound styled activities and that helps to sort of form a team and then the second week is a residential closer to home usually in a university campus uh, accommodation great experience of what it's like to go to university which is a brilliant thing for any any young person to get particularly at that age Uh, and they explore skills workshops they learn about their community and they learn about what they can do in their community and how they can get involved then the second stage is the non-residential bit where they're based at home in the home community and they choose a social action project they get involved in an issue in their community they do some research they talk to stakeholders and then the final week they undertake that project it could be anything from doing up a garden renovating a village hall raising some money for a local charity and doing doing some work for them could be awareness raising could be campaigning it's whatever the groups pick how long in total are the young people away they're away from home for 10 days in total and that's during the first two weeks so they come home for weekends to bring home the dirty laundry Mm -hmm. and get some home comforts The, the last stage which is the two weeks they're based at home but they meet up with their group uh, each day wherever the, the, the social action project's based. It sounds expensive. It is expensive and it's an amazing uh, deal because it costs over £1,000 to fund it uh, but it costs £40, certainly in Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire it's £40 and bursaries are often available for those who perhaps for example have had free school meals or families are on benefits so it can be free for those people if they meet certain entry requirements so it's really an open programme. So it's £40 per student, that's all they have to pay? Uh, and it's, it's amazing value. Uh, they don't need to provide rucksacks or hiking boots or anything like that. They don't need to buy expensive tents, uh, which for some people, things like the Duke of Edinburgh programme, which is incredibly worthwhile, can be expensive. So it's really open to everybody. What are young people saying that they're getting out of this? They're getting confidence, they're getting life skills. They're getting soft skills, which are really hard to learn. Uh, They're getting employability. They're getting experience, which is learning outside the classroom. It's real-life learning. It's the ability to say, I was involved in a really successful project which raised X amount of money for charity, which undertook whatever piece of work their team had picked. It's great in terms of team dynamics, but it's also great to reinvent yourself after school. 
because it's a different surroundings. You're not at school anymore with the same people you've been with for a long time. You're in a group which is made up of primarily people you don't know. So it's an, a chance to sort of reinvent your personality as a young adult. It's, it's run by FE Colleges. Yeah, that's right. There's a, a college-based partnership running uh, NCS in Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire. Uh, that's New College Nottingham, West Knox College, North Knox College, Portland College, uh, Chesterfield College and Derby College. And um, We also work with a number of other partners as well to engage with as many young people as possible, uh, talking to schools, colleges, uh, youth groups uh, and all sorts of organisations to engage as many young people as possible. Do you think it gives them a broader understanding of what's on offer for them post-16? I think so. I think it's an, it's an eye-opening experience. So we've had some people who've changed their minds on what their career route might be because of some of their real-life experience on NCS. So, for example, there was a, a girl called Grace who did the programme uh, last year. She had been planning to undertake hairdressing, but once she got involved in organising an event as part of a social action project, she changed to event management and is really passionate about that as a career now. So it just is a different way of dipping your toe into the, the world of work uh, and it can, can inspire a decision to progress that might not have otherwise been there and inspire confidence newfound confidence in your own abilities and your abilities to change the world around you a recent publication from cross-party think tank demos for the national citizen service reports that today's teenagers are more engaged with social issues than ever michael linus ceo of the national citizen service responds to the report's findings report introducing Generation Citizens just been released. Are you surprised by the findings? I'm actually not surprised by the findings. I think many people will be surprised by the findings. Um, at National Citizen Service we work with uh, tens of thousands of young people every year and the sort of young people that we were meeting were so different to the popular stereotypes in the media and people would say to me well actually the people you're working with just aren't like most young people, they're different. Uh, they're the good apples in a rotten basket. And I just didn't think that was true because I know at NCS we work with young people from all backgrounds and we're very representative because we deliberately want to mix people up from different backgrounds and bring them together. And so we worked with Demos, uh, the think tank, to do some proper research with young people and with teachers to look at the attitudes um, of the next generation, what we're calling Generation Citizen, because we've actually found that um, far from being apathetic, they're more engaged than previous generations and want to make a difference. They're just not necessarily as interested in traditional politics. How can the work of the National Citizen Service, which seems to be about social engagement, about social action, sort of community ownership, how can we move from that to engagement with more traditional political scene? Look, I mean, we're interested in helping young people um, find a sense of what might be called an academic circles agency. That idea that they're not done to, they can make a difference uh, in their local area and also to their country and to their planet. Um, one of the things we found that a lot of young people are really engaged in global issues. It's a much smaller world. They're talking on social media to people in America, throughout Europe, and also in, in other countries too. And so we're really interested in just lighting that spark with young people that says I have the power to make a difference that starts really locally it starts with their local park and old people's home homelessness some issue that they found out about on NCS and care about as an issue and then 
Uh, we think they might. It's their choice. But they might realise that their vote is one tool that they have in their arsenal to help make a difference uh, in, in, with those issues they care about. So it's demonstrating to young people that they can make a change. Over the past two years, uh, NCS has, has been involved with over 70,000 young people. So it's, it's very much a growing concern. What's next? What are your ambitions for the project? Uh, well, we want to work with more and more young people and we want to do that because we want to make a real impact on society and we want to help support communities to be more engaged and people to mix, not just young people, but young people mixing with older generations as well um, because we see the real power in that when young people who might not get the opportunity to go into care homes and meet the older generation. We've got a terrible problem with loneliness in this country and um, we want NCS to bring all different people together, including the different generations. I think that um, the fact that we're growing so quickly allows us this year, we hope, to work with about one in 10 of the cohort of 16 and 17-year-olds. And I think that's really, really powerful um, because NCS takes place outside a school and college environment. So it allows different pupils from different places to meet each other in ways they might not otherwise. And we also want them to take some of that energy that they, that they, that's unleashed in them on NCS back into the schools and colleges and really enrich all the other stuff that they do in school and college, maybe volunteering uh, and uh, maybe through the citizenship curriculum. We're working with uh, the Association for Citizenship Teachers as well. So we're trying to grow NCS and then grow our links in schools and colleges and with other organisations too. Politically, you've got cross-party support. That must be a huge positive for the, for the organisation. Absolutely. Um, I think that the political leaders uh, maybe don't get praised that much, but um, on this issue, on youth engagement, they've really stepped up. We're part of a cross-party campaign called Step Up to Serve, which has been convened by the Prince of Wales, and all the three party leaders came together last November to pledge their support to get more young people engaged in their communities. And um, it doesn't matter which way young people vote, but young people stepping up and saying we're the future of this country, we want to make a difference, uh, that seems to me to be something that's really beyond politics and it's great that the politicians are supporting it but um, I hope that everyone who works with young people can help them to point them the way of programmes like NCS and other great initiatives like that that help light that spark in young people. And finally, here's Hannah Bradbury, who's 17 and who graduated from the National Citizen Service last summer. Here she tells me how it changed her point of view. You've graduated from the NCS programme. What's been the best thing about it? What was the best thing about being part of NCS? For me, I'd say the best thing was just meeting so many different people from different, from different backgrounds that I never would have met if I hadn't have participated in the programme. And it just... By doing that, you develop so much confidence and also the opportunities that you're given on the programme. You get getting involved with social action was something that I've never previously thought of doing until having done that. But now, because of that programme, I want to get involved and it interests you in current affairs and the world around you. And it's, it's, it's changed how you feel about social action and about politics and about getting involved in your community. Definitely. I'd say that it opened my eyes to a lot of issues that um, that are actually quite a big problem locally and it gets you more interested in the stuff around you and it, it, it makes you want to have an impact on your local community. 
and like make a difference. What about your CV and you're getting into university or getting into whatever college? Is there a thought about that? Is that something that is a reason or is it just a, like a happy byproduct? I'd say for a lot of people, including myself, the thought of it um, helping your CV was definitely um, one of the reasons why I decided to take part in it. Obviously now it's recognised by UCAS, it, it does help your uni applications, but I think that after having completed the programme, that's not the most important thing at all and there's far more to it than just like, helping your CV and your university applications. Thanks very much to Hannah and to all my guests. I'll be back again with more from the wonderful world of FE on Friday the 6th of June. Thanks for listening.